Good morning. It is great to be with you on this special day, this wonderful day of rejoicing. It was my pleasure to walk alongside the search committee in the past year who called Andrew Guthrie to come walk alongside you and be your pastor. I bring you greetings this day too from our regional minister, Rick Splath, who I know many of you know, and he rejoices in your call of Andrew as well and celebrates this day with you also. It is good to be among you, our faithful partners at First Christian Church in Lafayette. Hear now these words from the prophet Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall still stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, by this you shall know that among you is the living God who without fail will drive out from you before the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now, the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped into the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon, while those flowing toward the sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. May God add hearing and understanding to the reading of this word. I was in sixth grade at Northwood Elementary School in Mooresville, Indiana. I remember it clearly. I had just been selected as captain of the safety patrols, not something that a girl in the 60s usually held, I might add. It was one of my proudest moments and a position I took very seriously. I and mean, if you don't know me well, you don't know probably that I'm a rule follower. And so this was the perfect position for me. 
And because you have an official sash and a badge, well, you have to live into that responsibility, right? It was my job to oversee the other safety patrols, and I also had my own station right in front of the elementary school that I had to be at each day. So there I was on Indiana Street, helping the kids safely cross the road so that they could walk home for the evening. I mean, I might as well have been holding the, to the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the Jordan River, now dried up by God so that God's own people could safely cross to the other side so they could journey home. In today's passage, Joshua has taken over leadership of the Israelites from the now deceased Moses. My guess is that he was feeling a little overwhelmed in his new role. I mean, he was following Moses, for goodness sake. And here he is, on the precipice of leading the people into the land promised so long, so many years ago. I would guess he has concerns on his heart. Now let's put this in context of the larger story. Do you recall a story from the book of Numbers that described the Israelite spies being sent to the promised land by Moses to check it out? Remember, he sent those folks out to see what it looked like before they even got close. Do you remember that Joshua was one of the spies that was sent out on that mission? The reconnaissance mission turned into a report back to Moses when they returned, and Aaron and he tell about this land of giants, and they felt like grasshoppers in comparison. Their recommendation was to not even try to go into the promised land, except there was a dissenting report from this group of spies, from Caleb and Joshua. They felt like, even in the face of overwhelming odds, that this land was promised to them, and that God called them to go there. So the people of God journeyed on. Eventually, Moses dies, and Joshua is now entrusted with the safety of the people. And now they stand on the banks of the Jordan, readying themselves for the next big step. Joshua needs some reassurance. And in this passage, we hear authentication of his leadership. God reminds him that God will be with him, just like God was with Moses. A reassuring promise and a confirmation of God's stamp of approval on Joshua's role as the new leader. Joshua would have also likely recalled what Moses said to him. Moses had encouraged him to be bold and strong. Bold and strong. I could almost hear Moses saying to him, you've got this. Listen to God. Set fear aside and move confidently forward. <clears throat> so there they are, the Israelites. 
standing on the banks of the Jordan, wondering what would happen next. So God gives direction to Joshua and then Joshua to the people. The priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of the presence of the living God, are told to come to the edge of the river and dip their toes in. When they do that, the water stops flowing and a way across the riverbed is formed. The priests carrying the ark out to the middle of the pass, standing there as people are passing by safely to the other side. So the people walk by the ark and are reminded that God is with them and that God makes a way for them. And the next thing they know, they come to the other side and enter the place promised to their ancestors. They can safely walk home. This story is kind of like a bookend to the earlier story of God parting the waters at the Red Sea with Moses leading people out of, out of Egypt into the wilderness. The crossing of the Red Sea is tangible proof that God liberates. And at the end of 40 years in the wilderness, the crossing of the Jordan River is proof that God provides. The crossing of the Jordan signals the end of the exodus for the people of God. It's closure on 40 years of being in the wilderness, of complaining, of questioning, of wondering. God provides, just as God had promised. Yet, it's not like the people can just rest now. This ending also signals a new beginning. It's a prelude to a new chapter. Rick Morley, a pastor, says it this way. In life and ministry, we can always find bookends which mark momentous occasions. Occasions of birth and death comings and goings, loss and gain, grief and joy. And we can also find events which just don't encapsulate, but which propel us forward. I think baptism is that kind of moment. Faith has been explored, a decision has been made, and it culminates in a baptism, a commitment to live as a growing disciple of Christ. It's an ongoing journey. It's stepping through those waters into newness and joy. And yet baptism is just a beginning point. It's not the end of our journey as a Christian person. It propels us forward on a never-ending journey into a deeper and deeper life of discipleship. I think installations are like that too. A decision has been made and the months of searching and preparation culminate in this formal service of confirming leadership. There is newness and joy. Yet, an installation is only a beginning point. It's not time to sit back and wait. It propels a pastor and a congregation forward into a journey of living into God's call on their common life as a community of faith.
One of my favorite parts of this text for today is that the Israelites had to work together. All the priests had to touch their toes into the water. They all had to step out in faith into the mud and uncertainty of what would happen next. They needed each other. This was not something they could do alone. It was not something that Joshua as their leader could do alone. Maybe somewhere in those 40 years of wilderness, they became a people that knew they had to rely on each other and count on the promise of God's presence in the midst of their community. They came together, maybe collectively holding their breath as they stepped into the unknown. In that moment, they had to muster their courage and let go of their fear. And my guess is that there was a lot of fear to cast off. Remember, the inhabitants of the land they were about to enter appeared to those earlier spies as giants that were unsurmountable. They saw them as enemies that they would have to overcome. And they were concerned that they were no match for what they were coming up against. As First Christian Church comes to this moment of installation of a new minister, there is also likely some uncertainty. You wonder what might lie ahead. What enemies might try and stop you from moving forward? I wonder about that. What it might be that would hold you back from moving into the places God calls? Would the enemy be paralyzing fear? Close-mindedness? Maybe timidity? faint-heartedness, or maybe an inability to have deep conversations. I, I don't know what the fear might be, but my guess is there are some that make you reticent, that make you unsure. There will be things that you need to battle and overcome as you step into uncertain territory and walk confidently where God leads you as a faith community. So let go what needs letting go and embrace what needs embracing. God calls you to come together, to work together, to listen together, to move forward together, bold and strong. And remember you need each other and the gifts that each of you bring. Step into the water together because you can't, indeed you mustn't do this alone. And along the way, look for signs of God's presence with you. You will likely not see the Ark of the Covenant. You may not even see a safety patrol guiding people from one side of the road to the other. But I bet if you look, you will see signs of God's providence and grace. Name those things to one another as reminders that God is propelling you forward. This wasn't in our text for today, and yet the story continues on the other side of the river. It is there that a designated person from each of those 12 tribes of Israel are asked to place a stone. The stones are to them a reminder 
of God's presence with them. They are visible markers of a moment. Reminders that God fulfills God's promises because when the journey becomes challenging, and it will, we need those kinds of stones to help us recall that God has been faithful in the past and God will be faithful in the future. So friends, First Christian Church, be bold and strong. Move forward with great courage with Pastor Andrew into the promised future to which God calls you. Let us turn now to our installation